Welcome back to another episode of Standing Room Only. I'm here with my co-host Jason Simmons. Jay, how are you doing this week? Good, Matt. Good. I've uh, enjoyed, you know, watching the the soccer world or not the soccer World Cup, the soccer uh, Euro Cup. I don't know if you're a fan of that at all, but my team's Belgium, so they won yesterday, so I'm pretty pumped up. Oh, wow. I haven't been following too much. I've seen Ronaldo score quite a few goals, but that's about it. Who's looking like the favorite this year? Yeah, well, Belgium actually just knocked Portugal out, so Ronaldo's out of the tournament, um, and they won the last Euro Cup, so it's pretty big to knock off the defending champs. I think, I mean, I might be a bit biased, but I think Belgium has a pretty good squad, and I, I think they're going to win it. They're going to the, the quarterfinals now, so it's exciting. Um, but also, little side note about Belgium, too, is we kind of track the analytics of the podcast, and I think we have a hot spot of listeners in Belgium, so... Uh, if anyone in Belgium's listening, big Red Devils fan over on the other side of the pond over here in Canada. So, Wow, we're truly an international podcast at this rate. Yeah, exactly. Probably, you know, I think we're just behind chiclets right now and, and most listens in Belgium. So Love it. But uh, yeah, I think we, we were just going to do a kind of a quick Stanley Cup Finals episode. Uh, if anyone's listened to the last two episodes, um, we've done recaps of the rounds and then previews of the next round. Um, and we've actually gotten some pretty good feedback from it and people have enjoyed it. So we're going to continue with that and do our Stanley cup finals preview and, um, review of the semis. So uh, I don't know if you want to add anything matter, if you want to just get into it. Yeah. Well, it's nice to hear that people are enjoying the past couple of episodes we've done, because I think one thing that's been a trend these playoffs is that both of our predictions have been pretty brutal. (laughs) You know, I I don't want to get in the Habs talk right away, but we've been hard on them all year, and I think we both kind of wrote them off again in the semis, so they just keep shocking us over and over, Jay. Yeah, I think, you know, it must be that the listeners really just love hearing brutal takes on hockey, because that's why they keep coming back, Uh, because we've been wrong quite a bit, and we'll admit it. Um, The Habs, like you said, they've really made us eat our own words this year, Uh, and if again, if you listened last week, you would hear uh, my good friend Ricky Walker came on, big Habs fan, and I think he actually said uh, Habs would win in six, but um, they did it in seven, but uh, he was right again, so. Yeah, so should we just get into that series? Um, You know, Vegas, Montreal, I think there was a pretty heavy favorite in terms of like on the sports books and what a lot of analysts were predicting that, you know, Vegas with home ice would kind of walk through that series. Another big factor that people are talking about is how would Montreal adjust to, you know, playing in front of fans for the first time, or sorry, a full arena for the first time in over a year and a half. And it was astonishing just like how well they matched up against Vegas. What were your thoughts on the series as a whole? And why do you think the Canadians were able to kind of control the tempo so much? Yeah, well, I mean, like you said, I I thought it too. I thought Vegas was going to walk all over Montreal, especially in Vegas. Um like you said, with the fans there, just the atmosphere and Montreal kind of coming into that fresh, not experiencing that at all. Uh, I thought that it would be a little too overwhelming for them, but they seem to live up to the uh, the hype and uh, they just kind of enjoyed that atmosphere even more, it looked like. Um, as for your question on why I think they could control the pace, again, you know, obviously having Price in the back end gives a lot of confidence to the guys. Uh, you know he's not going to let in weak goals and stuff like that. And again, he was their best player this series, which helped. Um, but their defense just keeps surprising me. And it's just how, how quickly they stop any team so far. But Vegas, like, from moving through the neutral zone, I felt like Weber, Edmondson, Petrie, um, Sherratt, like, they're up, they're right up in the forward's face. As soon as, you know, Mark Stone, Patch Reddy were trying to get up the ice, um, a defender was right in their way. 
So I think stopping them in the neutral zone early was a big reason why they could kind of control the play. And then also, likewise, like going the other way, I felt like they turned the puck going back the other way really well. They'd come through the neutral zone flying, whereas Vegas, you know, would come through and it'd get kind of broken up by the Montreal D. Uh, the Montreal forwards were just kind of cutting through the middle of the ice. And uh, honestly, I think Ricky did say that was uh, one of the, the best parts of Montreal's offense. So I'll give him that too. But what were your thoughts on the series? Um, my thoughts are very similar to yours. I think the Habs were just great at capitalizing on opportunities. Like they're kind of a defensive first team. So in order to win those games, A, you need good goaltending, which, you, which they got. B, you kind of need to shut down the opposing team's forwards, which the defensemen did a great job of. And then it was kind of like a team effort from there on out in terms of like producing on the offensive end. I think Caulfield and Suzuki are both, you know, we could probably label them as young up-and-coming stars at this point. I don't know if they were labeled as that before, but they've really proven themselves throughout the playoffs. And one really interesting storyline about this whole series was the Vegas goaltending. What were your thoughts on kind of flipping back and forth from Fleury to Laner after riding with Fleury basically throughout the whole playoffs. Do you think they made the right decision there, or are you better off just kind of sticking with your starter and um, riding or dying with him? Yeah, I mean, to me, I, I think sticking with your starter um, is a smart move. They do have two really good goalies, but the thing with Fleury is he was playing so well, and he's a guy where, you know, when his confidence is high, uh, he's like one of the best goalies in the league, right? But as soon as you know, his confidence is a little bit lower or, or takes a hit. Um, I feel like he kind of retreats and, and kind of gets smaller in the net. So, you know, that was a pretty bad play. I think it was a game three or four where he turned the puck over and uh, Montreal scored like at the end of the game to tie. Like that was definitely a turning point in the series, I thought. Um, but I don't think it warranted taking him out the next game. I mean, Leonard played really well the next game. Um, but then like the flipping back to Flurry after that surprised me as well. And that, that's when they, they got smoked like, the next game, I forget what the score was, but um, I just don't think it warranted it from Fleury's mistake, and I think it kind of threw off the team uh, direction, if you will. Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, one thing that's tough in the playoffs, in my opinion, is flip-flopping goalies and kind of riding with the hot hand because it really just decreases both goalies' confidence at that point. I know Fleury let in a couple really weak ones that honestly lost them a game or two which you just can't have in the playoffs but I think at that point if you're in the semis you just got to ride with him keep his confidence up and hope for the best it, it seemed weird with like going back and forth like this it's never a good thing as a coach or a GM to have a bit of a goaltending controversy when you're in the semifinals and even though they're both great goalies um, you just never know which way to go like especially you know when Flurry had that first off game is like do you turn back to Laner? Do you stick with Flurry? And then that kind of pattern continued throughout the series. And, and that ended up biting them in the butt a bit. Like, I think the Habs were able to produce against both goalies. And, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there next year. Because, uh, as you know, Jay, Flurry's not exactly a spring chicken. He's playing at, you know, kind of the peak of his career still and playing great hockey. But it'll be interesting with the expansion draft to see if they end up keeping both of those guys. Like what is Fleury? Is he's like thirty-seven now, isn't he? Or thirty-eight? Like he's, he's yeah, he's getting up there. He's getting up there. Yeah, we watched him growing up. Um, but I have a question for you. I saw this as a Twitter debate. If you were a GM over the next three years, which team would you pick to have the most success? Just judging by current roster, do you think Vegas is overrated? Um, or do you think the Habs will be a better team over the next three years? 
Uh, it's tough. I mean, I think Vegas actually is the better team still. I know Montreal won, and, and I think they're hot right now. Um, but, like, just depth-wise and, and, you know, kind of top talent even, uh, I would say Vegas is the better team now. But if you go three years down the road, like you said, Caulfield and Suzuki, like, they look like stars. And Caulfield especially, um, you know, he's exciting to watch. He loves scoring big goals, it looks like. And I think he's going to be, like, a really good player, like, right now already um and next year so i mean i think the future's a bit brighter in montreal and it's funny too because we're talking about suzuki who got traded right for pacioretty yeah um i don't know i didn't look at the points exactly but i'm guessing suzuki had more points than pacioretty this series because i don't think pacioretty i think he only had one goal so um it's, it's interesting that you know suzuki's already kind of producing at a rate that in this series was just as good as pacioretty yeah it's pretty funny Montreal basically shut down the top two lines for Vegas throughout the series and that was kind of like the ongoing trend was you could sense the frustration between Stone and Pacioretty for sure because these guys were producing all year even in the previous two rounds of the playoffs and then just kind of hit the brick wall which is Carey Price yeah well think about and I I think it's the D too like think about when they played the Leafs you know the top line Matthews Marner didn't do much against that team and then you go to uh, Winnipeg and the top line of Ehlers, Connors, and Wheeler didn't do much against them either. So, I mean, I think you got to give a lot of credit again to Price and the Montreal D. Like, they've shut down three of the probably the better lines in the NHL uh, this postseason. And they've given, you know, the bottom of their lineup a chance to go head-to-head with, you know, maybe a, maybe teams that are a little weaker on the bottom end because they have to be paying so much to those top-end guys. So, they're doing, they're doing it the right way, Montreal. And um, as much as I don't want them to win, I got to respect, you know, how far they've come and, and what they've done so far. Right. And yeah, we'll get into how Montreal matches up with Tampa a bit later on. But this is a good time to transition over to the other series. Islanders versus the Lightning. You know, it obviously went to seven games. In my opinion, this was the most entertaining series of the entire playoffs. But what were your thoughts on this series as a whole, Jay? There's a lot of storylines going on. Obviously, you know, the Islanders playing in the Coliseum for the last time. A couple injuries on the Lightning, especially at the wrong time in Game 6 to Kucherov. What were your overall thoughts on this series, and do you think the better team ended up coming out? Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, super happy with, you know, the way the series went. Um, I was not expecting it actually to be this, like, intense of a series. I think before the series I had predicted the Islanders just for fun more because you guys were both going Tampa. Um, But I I honestly didn't really think that it would be as close as Game 7. Um, you know, minus, I think, was it game six that was eight nothing or game five? Game five, yeah. Minus that game, I think all the games in the series were like really entertaining, like you said. Um, again, pleasantly surprised to see the Islanders put up quite a fight and actually have a chance to win. Like the last game was one nothing Tampa, right? Like it wasn't even like uh, the Islanders really played well offensively that game and they were still pretty close to winning. So, um, yeah, what were your thoughts? I know you're a Tampa fan, so... Uh, maybe a little more nerve-wracking than you would have liked, but I'm I'm sure you probably enjoyed the intensity. Yeah, it was a weird series. Um, I think that the Islanders matched up really well against Tampa. I think they got their eyes opened a bit in Game 1. The Islanders took that, obviously, in Tampa. They just don't give their skill players much time, um, which is obviously really tough, and I think we'll get into this in the finals. Uh, but it seemed to bug the Tampa superstars a bit, and I think... Uh, you know, when you look at the Lightning, they're such an offensive, um, heavy team. 
they really rely on those superstars to perform. You think about Stamkos, Cooch, obviously Braden Point had a great series. So once they kind of found a rhythm and figured out maybe a bit of a game plan to kind of, you know, get set up in the offensive end and start producing, the series kind of switched a bit. I thought as a Tampa fan, I was so nervous going into that game seven because it just looked like the storyline was perfect for the Islanders to win. You think about Kucherov getting injured in game six in the first shift. I was shocked he even played in game seven. And and then you think about, you know, like Tampa was so good with the lead and giving up that lead in game six and obviously losing in overtime. It just felt like the tide was turning a bit heading into game seven. So, you know, it was a great game overall. It was crazy that it was a one nothing game with a shorthanded goal to boot. But yeah, no, it was a great series. And I was definitely blown away with how close the Islanders kept this because um, it hasn't been a secret. I thought Tampa was the most dominant team of these final four. So it was super entertaining. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, how much energy Tampa has left moving into these this final series tonight. Yeah, and I think I agree. Like Tampa is the best team, I think, in the final four on, on paper. Um, and they should be the best team. I mean, they won the cup last year. So it doesn't really surprise me that they ended up beating the Islanders, but like we were just talking about, you know, it's just good to see Barzell and those Islanders, uh, those those New York Saints, if you want to call them that, uh, putting up a good fight and, and really making it a close series. So, um, but yeah, do you want to move into the finals and kind of give maybe our predictions and some storylines that we're looking to watch for? Yeah, so it's definitely an unexpected series. Kudos to anyone who has this bracket of a Tampa-Montreal final. I think the only people who may have that are Habs fans, to be honest with you. Um, But it's going to be the classic offense versus defense series. Like you think of Montreal, their game plan throughout the playoffs has been shut down the stars and keep the games close, low scoring and kind of, you know, gritty in a sense. So, you know, like a 2-1 game is kind of their perfect game plan. um, And that's what they're trying to go out there to do. And then Tampa obviously has four solid lines of forwards that they're just going to try and overwhelm you offensively. But you also have to add in the fact that their defense and goaltending is incredible too. So my prediction is I think Montreal will squeak out two wins. I think it'll go to six, but um, you know Tampa will be able to win the first two games, stand home, and then um, you know be able to win in game six. So I don't think I see any path for the Habs to win, but hey, I've been proven wrong before. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to say Tampa in seven. Wow. I know, again, we're going against Montreal. Um, but I think I would have said, you know, Tampa in five or six, probably before this last series. Um, but Montreal surprised me against Vegas. And I think Vegas isn't built too dissimilar from Tampa, like where they're they're pretty deep. Um, they have some good top-end talent, but they're not overpaying them or anything. And then um, they got four pretty solid lines, and, and Montreal did a great job with Vegas. So I, I do think Montreal is going to put up a big fight against Tampa. Um, but I, I do think Tampa is going to have the edge over them. And just Tampa, I think, is also going to have an edge over Vegas, over Winnipeg, over Toronto, the teams Montreal's already beat. You know, that they've been through this last year. Um, they know what it takes to win. They do have that depth, but that their top end talent is just, you know, it's it's on a different level. And that's where I don't know if... Like we've said, the D on Montreal will be able to shut down Tampa like they have to the other teams because, you know, they're going to be throwing Kucherov, Stammer, Point, all at them, um, all going full steam and all playing really well right now. So Totally. What would have to happen for the Habs to win, in your opinion? 
I mean, one one big thing is, you know, if Cooch isn't 100%, like you just mentioned his injury, I mean, he did play game seven, but he probably wasn't playing 100%. So that that's probably a big storyline for me. Um, and then the other one is going to be, you know, just how great this goaltender battle is going to be. Pro- like, actually, not probably. Definitely the two best goalies in the NHL right now and Price and Vasilevsky. So, I mean, it could come down to whoever just kind of puts together a more solid performance. Both have been playing amazing uh, so far in the playoffs. Obviously, Price has been a hot, hot candidate for the Conn Smythe, um, where Vasilevsky could probably be the same. Um, and that's one thing, actually, I wanted to talk to you, too, is, you know, if you had to pick someone from both teams to win the Conn Smythe now, now that we have the final two teams, who would it be? I think... I'm going to not go with goalie, and I'm going to take the obvious forward selection, which is Braden Point. I guess one of the storylines throughout the whole playoffs was like that incredible goal streak he was on. You know, I think it was up to nine games he scored a goal, which is insane, and today's NHL game. Um, But I think if Tampa are to go on and win this series, they're going to have to score, you know, a few goals and kind of overwhelm them with offense and John Cooper kind of puts point in every situation to succeed. He'll basically double shift that first line in the third period or whenever they're down. And he's kind of the guy running the show on the power play too. So I could see him having another big series and kind of just putting the final nail in the coffin of like this incredible Montreal run. So that would be my Con Smythe prediction. Who do you have, Jay? Yeah, well, I think if, if Tampa wins, um, I think it'd be hard, you know, to not choose Cooch. Um I think like what's what's his point so far in the playoffs? He's 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 leading. I'm pretty sure, right? Like he's just so far ahead that um, I think it'd be hard not to look his way. Um, but I I do see how point and just from watching the games, like how point controls the game, and he is really seems like the best player out there and, and kind of um, the key guy, like you said on the power play and stuff. Um, but I think it would just be hard to argue with the performance that Kucherov's put in too, right? And especially coming back from injury, playing maybe a bit hurt too, um, but still producing at this rate is pretty incredible. Um, but I think, you know, obviously depends a lot on this last series. And I could see Braden Point having a really big series. Um, the guy loves big games and big moments, so I could definitely see that. Um, but, you know, if Kucherov lights it up this series too, then I, I would assume it would go his way. Same with maybe any player. Like if Stammer lights it up this series, maybe he gets his hat in the ring too. I don't know. Um, but how about Montreal? If they end up winning, who do you think their consmite would be? I think it's a no-brainer. You have to go carry Price. I assume if they win, they've shut down the Tampa forwards pretty well. And, you know, the defense is a pretty collective effort of the top four all chipping in and, and playing hard. So I don't know if you could pick out one of that group. I would go Carey Price. He's had a historic playoff run already. Probably the best performance he's ever strung together in the playoffs to date in his career. So I think that's an easy pick. I think kind of a wild card if you're a betting man would be taking one of those two forwards we talked about early on. I think if Montreal were to win this series, they'd probably have to contend in a couple games of scoring three, four, even five goals on Tampa. And you know those are the games where it might be Caulfield with two goals and assist and Suzuki with a a goal and two assists. So those are uh, kind of like the front runners, but I think Carey Price, if they win, will be the Smythe winner. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't really see anyone overtaking him for the Smythe just because like he's had, like you said, a historic playoffs. Um, but I also do agree with those two young guys. Like, I mean, if Caulfield had an amazing series, he scored some pretty good, big goals already so far. Uh, and he's really, you know, it seems like he's ignited quite a bit of energy into that team. So, I mean, there's probably an argument to be made there. 
if for some reason, you know, Price doesn't have a great series and Caulfield does. But I think as things stand right now, Price would be like way ahead of anybody right now for the Colin Smythe, probably. I have to ask this question too. I don't know if I'm getting way ahead of myself as a Leafs fan here, but seeing how well Caulfield's performed in the playoffs and kind of like under the spotlight, if you were Kyle Dubas, would you even think, you know, in a dream scenario of trading Caulfield straight up for Mitch Marner? Or is that kind of like wild talk? I, I don't think it's wild talk, but I honestly don't know if Montreal does it right now. Like You think so? Hey, I was going to say there's no way Toronto does it, but that's interesting. No, I don't. I yeah, I don't know if Toronto would do it either, and I don't know if they should. Like Marner's obviously still a top player, top young player in the league, um, but it, it's kind of become evident over the last few years in the NHL. Like goal scores are really hard to come by, mm-hmm. um, and so that's where it's just like. I mean, the Leafs don't really need a goal scorer. I think they have probably the best goal scorer in the whole NHL. Um, but like, imagine you're throwing Matthews and Caulfield out against guys. Like that would be wild. I I don't know if Montreal would do it. Like Caulfield again. Like I think he's ignited. Montreal fans and I think he's already a fan favorite um he's having quite the kind of year if you look back to his NCAA his world juniors uh yeah winning the Hobie Baker award for best NCAA player um took Wisconsin I think to the finals um and and was by far their best player so I don't know he's a pretty exciting young player right and he's only 19 20 years old so um I don't know Montreal I think they have a really really good goal scorer one that's going to be you know up there for leading the league in goals from here for the next you know 15 20 years yeah no I agree with you there I think it's wild that this kid's only as you said 19 or 20 years old and you know kind of become this like headliner for an NHL team in the Stanley Cup finals like I remember growing up like one of the biggest things and I guess Montreal has this as well as like you know you need veterans to make a playoff run but it's becoming more and more evident in today's games that you know, kind of the top players in the league are peaking younger and younger. And it's crazy to think that in five years, Caulfield will basically be 25 years old and still, you know, far from his proverbial peak in terms of age. So it's scary as a Leafs fan thinking about the future of Montreal and, you know, that that kind of core roster they're building there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be fun as a Leaf fan too, as long as we can kind of figure our act out. But like, we're going to see some pretty good series probably between the Leafs and Montreal over the next few years, which will be exciting. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, that's probably a good spot to end it. Uh, unless you had anything else to, you wanted to go through? No, but uh, yeah, definitely excited. You know, the Stanley cup finals is another beast in itself within the playoffs. So excited to watch, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how these first couple games go and, if Montreal was able to somehow steal game one, we're recording this before game one, of course, that would just kind of cause the hockey Twitter world to blow up. So I'm I'm all game for the animosity. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the last thing we want is like a, a boring series, right? So exactly. I would love if Montreal came out one early and, and, you know, we had a dogfight early because I think it would just be more fun to watch. And I, I think, again, I think Montreal is going to put up a fight. I don't think by any means they're going to roll over. They're looking hungry. And kind of going back, sorry, to what you were talking about before too, uh, and that's the veteran presence. Like Definitely the NHL is getting younger. Um, that's becoming evident. But it, it really goes to show this playoffs too how much veteran leadership and kind of just that, uh, you know, we've been here before and we know what it takes to win matters. And that's Corey Perry, right? Like you watch Montreal, he is throwing his body on the line. He is like just, he just wants to win so bad. And 
It's uh, I saw actually a thing because Tampa obviously beat Dallas last year in the finals, and he was on Dallas, so uh, they were just asking, is there any sort of revenge for trying to get them back? And I think his answer was just like, it's not really a revenge, just that you know, like we know what it means to win a cup, so <laughs> I'm gonna be putting everything on the line to win it. So I think that kind of leadership is something. Not that the Leafs have lacked, because you know I think Spezza was a great leader. I think Tavares is a good leader. Um, even Jumbo, I think, is a great leader. But it's a little bit of that just hard-nosed, you know, putting my body on the line that those veteran guys don't have in Toronto um, that I think Montreal has really kind of used to, to grow their momentum and energy this series or this playoffs. Yeah, no, Perry's been incredible for the Habs this whole playoffs. And he's definitely earned him a spot, in my opinion, a contract extension. And it's interesting, like, there's been a few of these players. I guess, you know, you can kind of, call them the ex-superstars of the NHL that are just getting up there in age, but are kind of like hot commodities around the league because they're so cheap, right? Like even Jason Spezza for the Leafs, you know, he put together a great um, series against Montreal and being able to pay them like, you know, basically the league minimum just because they're kind of bouncing around the league at the end of their career. It's interesting, you know, um, I think a lot of teams will kind of look that direction if you need to add like a veteran presence to make that little extra playoff run. Yeah. Well, it hurts again as a Leaf fan knowing that they probably could have had Perry um, for pretty cheap in the offseason because right? he signed late with Montreal. Like I don't know if that was necessarily his top place he wanted to go, but it's paying off pretty well for him. So Exactly. It paid off well for him last year in Dallas too, also making the finals. So we'll see if he can break through and win that cup. All right, Matt. Well, it's been fun and you know, looking forward to watching the finals and probably doing an episode after but just looking ahead kind of and looking back to I guess at this whole year and what we've done so far um, I think our plan is to you know take a little bit of a not a break in the summer but maybe just release a few episodes and and not do a ton of episodes um, and then revamp again next year for a season two if you will of standing room only is is that kind of what we're thinking yeah absolutely let's get real here I don't think anyone wants to just listen to us to talk if there's no news in the hockey world so as you said, Jay, we'll probably take you know, a bit of time off. If there's ever any relevant events, maybe the Seattle expansion draft will release an episode from here or there. But uh, yeah, really excited for season two. We've already been thinking about some fun guests we could bring on and um, you know how we can improve the podcast as a whole. So super excited for that. And again, thanks to everyone who's listening and, and continues to listen. We really appreciate it. Um, again, follow us on Instagram at standingroomonly underscore pod. Um, and yeah, and we always are looking for feedback. So leave reviews, um, message us, let us know what you think, uh, and then share with some friends because uh, we're, we're going to keep trying to grow this. Uh, but Matt, uh, it was fun again. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk throughout the series and then we'll talk again on, on the pod uh, once the series is done. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll have a season and playoff recap episode coming up after this one. So stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, enjoy the finals.